0: On this Monday installment of Locked On Texans, we finally close the book on the Deshaun Watson era here on Locked On Texans. Of course, with our guy, Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610.
1: And before we dive into any of that, Cody, let's start the show off right. Start the Countdown. <laughs> Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome everybody to a Monday edition of the Locked On Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12 and joined by Sports (laughs) Illustrated's own Cody Davis. Uh, An amazing conversation between he and Brandon K. Scott. So that would be very interesting. Uh, Interesting to say the least. But before we dive into that, Cody, just a quick news of what's going on surrounding the Houston Texans. Resign linebacker Neville Hewitt has 60 tackles last season. Came from the New York Jets the year before with 134 tackles. Uh, really provided a great depth for that linebacker room. And so uh, I would say this, as much as I thought Houston maybe should have got made a priority for linebacker in terms of free agency or the draft more so, like they are really shoring up some of the pieces that they had last season. Look at Kersey coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I want to say Pierre Lewis is still was retained after signing a two-year deal.
0: Kamo um, Guget-Hill. Cougier Hill,
1: now Neville Hewitt, you know, all of those guys who provided some great moments for Houston last season. And so um, defensively, the guys that really showed up for him last year, they are assuring, uh securing those spots moving forward with some of the guys. So they're going to run it back like Chris Paul. <laughs> uh, hopefully they actually have an opportunity to play a full season with the Houston franchise, unlike Chris Paul did after he tweeted, let's run it back. But uh, that's what's going on with the houston texans
0: yeah and look before we get into the deshaun watson talk i do want to say i do like the fact that the texans were able to retain majority if not all of their linebackers because i think under the radar that was one of the most stable positions that was out there on the field especially by the by, by them bringing back Kersey and kama guru hill i really do like those signings and I, I think that's one position that might be set because you know with the draft only literally a month away as of right now, you know, we, we talk about, you know, beefing up your offensive line. You talk about getting um, Davis Mills weapons. You talk about, you know, of course, fixing the secondary and everything, you know, beefing up the D-line even more. We don't really talk about the linebacking core, Um, you know, what they can possibly get in the NFL draft for the next, like I say, a month away. So. You know, that's going to be real interesting to see how the Texans work around that. But, John, it it is official. The Deshaun Watson era is finally over. Um, as you guys know, on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, he flew out to Cleveland for the first time, passed his physical. And Friday, we actually had an opportunity to hear from Deshaun Watson for the first time since, I, I believe it was January 5th, 2021. And, look. For those of you guys who did not get a chance to, um, just a really quick recap. As you know, Deshaun Watson's off-field troubles overshadowed the press conference altogether. However, he did have an opportunity to answer two quick questions about his departure from the city of Houston. He said... At the time, he felt that the organization and himself, given all of the things that he wanted to accomplish, they was, you know, trending in different directions. And he said, according to him, that it was basically a mutual decision on why he actually had to depart from this organization. I'm not too sure about that, but... You know it is what it is and the reason why i'm saying this is the finale of the deshaun watson era at least here on locked on texans because like i mentioned this was the first time we heard from the guy and after he passes physical everything is set and final so john before we start talking to b scott about the deshaun watson departure deshaun watson press conference even though the man did not leave houston on great terms i think when you still look at his first four seasons <laughs> I still think, yeah i think so you know honestly i think he might be the. i mean he ain't the first superstar to leave houston hopefully he is the last one we know that's not realistic but i think he might have been the worst to leave this city on the worst terms. because I mean, you, you, you take a look at Kareem you know, Harden, even Chris Paul, a guy that's only here two years. Even, you know, Dwight Howard, JJ, DeHop. At least they gave the city of Houston a thank you post at some point. Of course, DeHop took some shot in his, but we understood it. We still haven't got a thank you post from Deshaun Watson. But I say all that just to say, you know, I do hate knowing that him forcing his way out of Houston and of course the off-field struggles that came into the light after he tried to demand the trade I kind of hate knowing that that will forever overshadow his time here in Houston but I just want to take a quick moment and say yes it's a bad breakup terrible breakup in all aspects but I don't want us to forget the first four years and, and the excitement, the promise and hope that he brought here to the city of Houston. I mean, you know, when I think of Deshaun with the Texans outside of the nonsense over the last year, um, you know, I think about one of, if not my favorite moment of him rocking that Houston Texans jersey. You know, that playoff game against the Buffalo Bills, him along with D-Hop and, and J.J. leading that comeback. And probably one of my favorite players of all time. when He got out of that double sack. You know, I, I, every time. I think if I die, but like, man, you know, that's what Deshaun Watson was to the city of Houston.
1: Yeah, and I want to respond to Chris Romero. Normally I do this on Fridays, but I had to today. Two hours ago, the deal done, Houston Texans traded Deshaun Watson to the Cleveland Browns podcast that we did on YouTube. But two hours ago, Chris Romero responded, we will take care of him in Cleveland. Will you really? <laughs> Baker Mayfield had three coaches and three offensive coordinators in three years. Are we really sure that Cleveland would do right by him? Or is he talented enough to where he'll do right for Cleveland? Right, I, I would also argue that. And I would continue by saying I can see a scenario within the year the Cleveland Browns change their head coaching hmm. due to what Deshaun Watson wants uh, because I think that was a big reason why he left Houston, right? Did not did not consult him and go with a candidate that he, maybe he wanted, amongst other things that were taking place uh, behind the scenes that we can't talk about. So uh, I don't necessarily think you guys will take care of him. You didn't take care of Mayfield. You haven't taken care of any quarterback really in the last 20 years. Uh, but Deshaun Watson is talented enough to you know, get it done on, on his own. That might be the last of Deshaun Watson that we will talk here on the show until we play the Cleveland Browns, but it's never going to be the last of Bilt Bar. This is the time of year where I know a lot of people have given up on their New Year's resolution. No, we're going to stick to it, guys. You, me, everybody, we're going to stick to our resolutions by eating healthier, and we can do that thanks to Built Bar, and I'll tell you why. Eating healthier does not have to be boring. does not mean you have to leave all of your treats in the cabinet behind the cage, with one of those uh, electrocutor locks. You don't gotta do all that, man. You just order a built bar. They're fluffy, they're marshmallow, and I'm talking about the puffs, which is the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. And all bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, even the puffs included. 100% real chocolate, low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these; they're better, guys. You know that those candies bars, well, candy bars are actually nasty for you. If you look at a built bar, that contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to that candy bar, carries around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugars. If you look at me, I'm black. I say sugars. 30 grams of them and a dozen of those net carbs. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com thanks for making locked on texas your first listen every day make sure you're following locked on nfl locked on experts are covering the biggest stories around the nfl every monday through friday in less than 30 minutes it's free and available wherever you get your podcast
0: all right ladies and gentlemen we are back with this monday installment of locked on texas as promised we got our guy mr brandon k scott from sports radio 16 brandon what's going on my guy Oh, you know what's going on. You
2: know what's going on in the Locked On Texans world? Uh, obviously, getting ready for the draft and, and following mm-hmm. free agency. Uh, but we had we had another topic to cover uh, over the weekend or into the weekend, and really over the last couple of weeks. So, uh, hmm. so it's been busy times around here, man.
0: Yes, sir. And I know we normally bring you on on Friday, but last Friday, Deshaun Watson, for the first time since January, I believe, 4th or 5th, I think it was the 5th of 2021. He was involved in a press conference and we actually heard from deshaun watson of course everyone all, already knows deshaun goes to cleveland and houston texans got five draft picks and this is going to be like the closing section for locked on texans talking about this deshaun watson trade and stuff because we can't close it until we hear from brandon k scott so of course friday we all had an opportunity to listen in on the press conference that took place in cleveland in Let me be the first one to say this, Brandon. I know you kind of feel the same way too. I wish that Deshaun had an opportunity to really dive into what transpired between him and the houston texans organization we all know the story he gets this massive contract in september of 2020 but in january of 2021 he demands a trade out of houston and of course the reason why that got overshadowed is all of his off-field issues so you know brandon let's start off right off the bat He had an opportunity just to briefly talk about his departure from Houston. Um, He said that he believed him and the organization was trending in a different direction. What are your thoughts about that and Deshaun Watson's departure from Houston in general? Yeah, I'm with you, Cody,
2: on wanting to hear more or wishing that he said more. I do think, though, that he said all about what he wanted to say on it publicly because he Mm -hmm. he was given the opportunity. He was asked the question. And it was followed up on, of course, we would have liked to have had it followed up on more if there were more of us there, uh, given the time and space to do so. And I say us, I'm I'm talking about Houston Sports Media Press Corps, Texans Media Press Corps, like yourself, like me, like others that we know, if we were there and we were not. um, Obviously, these questions probably there would have been a little bit more uh, follow up on that. But he was given the opportunity the questions were asked. They asked him why he wanted to trade from Houston, and they asked what changed for him after signing the contract, which I did think was an important question to ask and important to get on the record. He just did not really go into the level of detail that we would prefer. And I think to some degree, we just got to live with that. I mean, he's the man said what he said, and it, and it wasn't enough, but it'll have to be enough. And then you got to kind of what do a lot of people want to do. They want to move on from it. But. But it, it does; it did bear getting on the record, and I think we got it at least. The whole we were trending in, even that part, right? Which leaves a lot to be desired. We agreed, saying that we were trending in different directions is more than what we had. We had nothing, mm. you know. He hadn't said anything, so at least he has said on the record that he thought that they were trending in right in, in in different directions, and then later on the follow up uh, mentions that. Uh, that that they were honest with each other. You said that I think I think a couple of times that they mm-hmm. that he and the organization were both honest with each other and, and, and forthcoming and and forthright and whatever it is the direction that they wanted to go in. Which I I mean you could just assume means that they you know eventually obviously agreed to to, to trade him and seek out uh, trade offers for him, um, which is what he clearly asked for and wanted. Um, it, it's clear to the, you know, to, to the eye, to, to, you know, the obvious to a blind person could see that, you know, he did not believe in the organization. He had lost faith in leadership and, in again, the direction that they were going in, some of the moves that they were making uh, the decisions that were being made and sort of the environment that had been created there uh, over the last couple of years, um, i had kind of seen the writing on the wall in terms of maybe him not being totally all in even before he signed that contract deshaun watson had mm. done interviews over that summer that COVID summer 2020 when everybody's virtual when the world goes mm. virtual uh deshaun watson let loose a little bit and was a lot more comfortable in interviews with michael vick i remember that uh, on fox and he did another uh, a special. Uh, sort of YouTube thing with Carmelo Anthony.
0: I remember that uh, too. It
2: was sponsored by like a wine or some type of liquor or wine or something like that. And in, in those, he was very, for, he he was, I won't, I won't say it was like, you know, inflammatory comments, but he made it clear that there was some skepticism about the direction of the team. And I'm talking about those interviews being even before he signed that contract. And so people will ask Cody, well, why sign the contract? If you don't believe in the team, why sign the contract? If you don't feel like you actually really want to be here. Well, you got to think about the position that Deshaun Watson is in at that point. The Texans have rights to him uh, up until his fifth year option. And then they can franchise tag him for a couple of years after Mm -hmm.
1: that.
2: And that's, that's that, I mean, that's all he has. I mean, he, he is under team control without a, you know, a, a new contract. And so from his perspective and th- this conflicts with fans and fan interest. But from Deshaun Watson's perspective, the only way to empower himself was to sign that contract. And then <laughs> subsequently put in that no trade clause to allow him to dictate the terms in which he might leave and get out of said contract. And so, from a business standpoint, Deshaun Watson's agent, David Mulighetto, played this uh, very smartly from, from beginning to end, from uh, negotiating the no-trade clause with the understanding that the only way to get Deshaun out of Houston was to sign this contract that <laughs> that actually explicitly states that he wants to be in Houston or, or intends to be in Houston, which, again, you know, people can feel how they want to feel about, but that's the reality of the situation. And so... Uh, And so to me, in retrospect, particularly in retrospect, and I felt this way a little bit in real time, uh, or at least it felt odd in real time, speaking to those interviews that I mentioned earlier uh, before he signed the contract. But especially now in retrospect, I think Deshaun Watson and his agency knew that the only way to empower him was to sign this contract, negotiate a no trade clause. And if things went south the way they felt like they would, and they did in 2020, Hmm. um, they would try to negotiate their way out of here.
0: Mm. And and Brandon, from the Houston Texans side of things, and maybe it's because everything that Deshaun Watson was asked <laughs> during the press conference that had nothing to do with the Texans, nothing to do with what he plans to do with doing Cleveland. We all know what, what he has going on off the field as of right now. But from a Houston Texans side of things, how much do you think his brief statement that him and the organization was just going in? two different directions and in order for him to accomplish this thing that he wanted to accomplish at that time in his career you know he felt the best thing for him was to move on from the texans how much do you think that actually kind of played into the texans favor knowing that past players like charles mini deandre hopkins jj watt uh randall cobb the list M- whitney merciless you know the 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 list goes on and on how former players When they have that first press conference with their new teams and they ask them, what happened in Houston? Why do you think you was forced or why did you want it to depart from the Texans? They all had like something crazy and bad to say about this organization. As for Deshaun, who had the biggest fiasco of them all, him just coming out just saying, oh, basically they wanted to start a rebuild. I want to continue competing for Super Bowl champions. Do you think that kind of played in the Texans' favor? Well,
2: so a couple of things here. I think that, in terms of the direction that the team was going in and the way that the team operated, uh, let's call it from twenty nineteen, all the way up until recently, mm-hmm. I think that I think that we've got near consensus on something wasn't right there. Like the results speak for themselves, <laughs> obviously, Cody. Like they 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 went from a good team to a bad team very quickly there. And so so you can take the results right there for what they are. And then on top of that, what you know, what the report or not even reports, what you've had people say on the record, what you're alluding to with all of these former players like you've got all of the evidence there. I don't think even uh, from like from from fans perspective or people who care about this team, like I don't think there are any uh, illusions on like what this was and what like kind of happened and, and how bad it got with the Texans. Like, I think everybody kind of understands and sort of accepts that one way or the, or another. You know, however you feel, you kind of accept and understand that. I think with Deshaun, though, specifically, for, for one thing, as, as far as like from a strategic standpoint, I don't think he was really in a position to kind of get up there and really like start talking crazy. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think I think from a strategic standpoint, they wanted to be calm and not say anything beyond the fact that we were going to cover this thing no matter what he said. I don't think they wanted – I think from a strategic standpoint, they didn't want to say things that would add kind of uh, – you know, f- that would fan the flames, if, if you know what I mean. Like, I don't think they were trying to add any kind of fuel to a fire or anything. So it was always going to be something sort of mild in nature of what he was going to say. But as far as, like, how – he's viewed and how the team is viewed based on his comments I think there's still this you know like if you wanted Deshaun to still be the quarterback of the team let's say you're operating under that premise right Mm -hmm. there is this wish that he at the very least would have given Nick Casario a chance since he was still on the team when all of that went down like okay you weren't happy with the direction of the team you didn't think they were doing enough to win you didn't think they were putting you in a position in a good enough position to do the things and accomplish the things that you want to accomplish as a quarterback your individual legacy you didn't think the team was contributing enough to help that cause okay now we're making changes now we've got a new person in here you're signed up for the next four years whatever it is you know beyond the you know beyond this fifth year you know, like you—you just signed a contract. We're making the changes. we are addressing, address—we're trying to address the issue. Can you give us a chance? And then on top of that, okay, you would like to think that he would have been humbled by his experience, right?
1: Hmm.
2: By some of his own decisions, putting him in a situation where, like, we don't know what what Deshaun Watson did—guilt, innocence, like what happened in these different uh, in these different encounters. We don't know the details. But we do know that something happened enough to where 22 people felt, uh, felt it necessary to say these things for one way or the other. Like, there's a reason why he's the only one that anybody is saying this about. No one's saying this about you or me or uh, Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. Why? No one else is under these type of allegations, right? So, like, something happened within his own decisions to kind of put him in the situation where this whole thing happened that has – uh, not only put a stain on, on the very legacy that he's is supposedly uh, trying to build on and and the, and the thing that the Texans aren't doing enough to contribute to, looks like you aren't on your own end uh, doing enough to contribute to that or doing something to take away from that. Okay, so now we know that everybody makes mistakes, right? We're mm-hmm. flawed. You You're flawed. Why don't we try to figure this thing out together like I think that that feeling is out there and and if there's something to that and uh and that that'll that'll always be sort of a reaction to this like why couldn't you try to make this thing work uh especially since you were signed on to do so you know you were counted upon and and thought to be the one to do so and 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 Deshaun got to make his own decisions for his own life right he you know maybe he just didn't want to do it he didn't believe in it and, and wants to go somewhere else and try to figure it out and and Again, he signed, signed the contract, I believe, to allow him to be able to do so, to, to, to give him more options than he would have had if he had just said, you know what, I'm going to wait it out and see. You wait it out and see, and you're a part of this thing, for better or worse, for the next
0: however many years. Hmm. Last question before moving on and I promise last Deshaun Watson question, probably up until, you know, the Texans play uh, Cleveland later on this year. And I just hope that that's the back half of the season so he can actually play if they don't suspend him for the whole entire season. But how would you Me and John talked about this a little bit in the first segment, but how would you best remember Deshaun Watson's quick tenure here in Houston?
2: Oh, man, uh, I mean, there are highlights, obviously, his rookie year when, you know, when he takes over for Tom Savage. And, you know, that that might have been some of the most exciting times because that 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 is when I feel like the hope and the optimism was maybe at its peak mm-hmm. uh, in the very, very beginning. OK, and then there were some struggles, I think, along the way in his development. But the, I don't think the talent was ever really questioned. You could see it uh, in large part because of the rookie year. Um, But then, of course, 2019, you know, Hmm. um, for me. And I know 2020 was the year like kind of like his best year. Not not even kind of. It was his best year. 2020 was. um, And and the losing uh, clouded that a lot. Uh, J.J. Watt, you know, famously at the end of the at the end of the last game of the season, said, you know, sorry, we wasted one of your years. But 2019 just had these moments that. I think are just were just surreal for me. Um, I think about I think about the the Oakland game in week eight um, when he gets kicked in the eye and then completes the pass anyway, despite and, and the kick in the eye was so peculiar because, the you know, the kick, the foot, the cleat was able to make it through the yeah, face yeah like
0: it landed perfectly
2: and kick him right <laughs> in the eye in the middle of the play. And he had the wherewithal and the strength to endure that and complete that pass to darren Fields, i believe it was mm-hmm. and like that that moment um to me really really just stands out i was there for that and man just and even it's funny even in the moment i couldn't appreciate it for what it was because i couldn't really see you have to look up at the screen to really see the close-up of what was really happening you knew he was getting kind of flung around I mean, he was under duress and everything, obviously, uh, but it was hard to even appreciate in real time that he was actually kicked in the eye in that moment. Um, so I think about that. And obviously the Buffalo game, the second half, hmm. I remember when they were down 16 to nothing at halftime, feeling like, you know, we, we at 16 were like planning for man. What's this postgame show going to look like? Them losing this game at home uh you know to the bills and like how are we going to handle this what are some of the things we're going to talk about like we were already preparing, and then you know we all know how that second half went you know and, and you know and some of those some of those plays that he made the, the 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 sort of pinball play that he makes uh to get the ball i'm trying to remember if that was the taiwan jones or or to duke johnson whichever one of the running backs that was like those are the moments that stick out to me uh that that year 2019, because that was the year I just felt like I was convinced that this is the guy, this is the guy of the future. Uh, and, and obviously why, um, you know, going into 2020, you felt like, you know, comfortable with, uh, you know, despite the 24-0 collapse and all <laughs> that against Kansas City, you still felt comfortable with Deshaun being that guy. Um, and so – I mean that's that's really the thing that stands out and obviously like it, you know those are the good times but you know i don't think anything's gonna stand out more than how it ended
1: that was my boy brandon k scott we got more of him coming up of course don't go anywhere but i gotta tell you guys about athletic green so i go to work right i'm going to work the last couple of days and got my bottle shaking it up got that green stuff in it everybody like what's going on What you drinking? what you drinking my coworker, Jay Johnson, shout out to him. He says, man, what you drinking over there? I told him it's athletic green. He said, I want to try some. I brought him a pack the next day. He actually finishes his before I even get to mine, right? He looked at me and said, man, you playing with it? I said, man, I'm going to get to it whenever I can. But he, he guzzled it down. He loved it, asked for some more. And I'll tell you why this stuff is so important, man. One thing about it is we don't always have the time in the morning, Cody, to get our day started the way we probably we want to. Athletic Green helps with getting more energy. It helps with optimizing your immune system. And you can get that better gut health, which we all probably need here in our older age, right? We're not spraying chickens anymore. With one scoop of Athletic Green, you're absorbing 75 high-quality minerals, vitamins, and whole food superfoods. All right? one scoop to get your day started the right way. Way And it's lifestyle friendly, whether you are keto, vegan, dairy free or gluten free, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. And that's probably the best part about it. When you see green things, you automatically think it's going to taste nasty. No, not with athletic green, Not at all. And on top of that, inexpensive, right? We love this stuff. You want to get on these some of these plans? It's very expensive, not with Athletic Green. So to make it easy, look what Athletic Green is going to do. They're going to give you one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreen.com slash NFL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks for making Locked On Texas your first listen every day. Now make sure you're listening to Locked On NFL Draft with Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback, Eric Crocker. They bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts.
0: Alrighty ladies and gentlemen continue here with this Monday installment of locked on Texans of course last segment we talked about the past what was of the Houston Texans but now we're going to talk about the future and Brandon I don't know about you but I'm excited to see what the future has in store for the Houston Texans especially if management could get their crap together because it's part of the reason why we're in this situation to begin with but that's neither here or there but what I would say The draft is right around the corner. We are literally a month away from the first round of the NFL draft after trading Deshaun Watson to the Cleveland Browns. The Houston Texans sit at picks number three and 13, and there are a lot of different options, a lot of great prospects the Houston Texans can choose from. So Brandon, who is on your radar as of right now? So I've been on the record of one Kyle Hamilton
2: at number three. If that's what they do, if they Me if they too. pick at number three, I don't know if they will. I think I will talk to you, Cody, about not really wanting to buy into the idea that you don't take Kyle Hamilton because you might misutilize him at safety under Lovey mm-hmm. Smith's system. Mm-hmm. Look, I, look, if the if the player players over system, okay if the player is that good and that much of a difference maker, it is upon the coaching, okay, the coaching staff to utilize said player appropriately. So to me, it's not a good enough excuse that your system isn't, like doesn't fit a a talent that can help you win or or, uh, significantly upgrade you at that position and overall that side of the ball, that unit, and therefore your team. So... I look at Kyle Hamilton as probably the best player in this draft just from my, from my vantage point, from my point of view. I am also intrigued by like, a lot of different players in this draft in terms of like, the, the different positions that the Texans need. Like, it's, a, it's a good year to have a, a, a diverse talent pool within the draft if you're a team that needs a bunch of different stuff hmm. like the Texans do so like i'm not like i'm not trying to cop out of the question cody but i'm not like super greedy or picky i should say picky on i am greedy i want all i want all the picks right (laughs) but i'm not super picky on like what they get and necessarily even who they get so so far as they stay true to their evaluations and do their due diligence like we you know want want them to do and, and have entrusted them to do um for better or worse like you, you, you want to have faith in the, the talent evaluators and that they're going to make the most of having two first round picks. All right.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: when we talk about, OK, who do we want them to pick? Where do you want them to go? I mentioned Kyle Hamilton. I'm also very understanding and aware of their desire to trade back, to trade these picks and to um, maybe accumulate more or to get better value with guys on the back end uh in the first round if they think those guys will be available um so so I I get that and I was just looking at NFL.com um just yesterday um how they have the Texans trading back like so so the scenario right Cody is a team falls in love with a quarterback Malik Willis Kenny Mm -hmm. Pickett they want that number three pick they want to they want to jump everybody else because they need a quarterback And uh, so like Carolina six, right, they need a quarterback. If you also need a quarterback, you're jumping up to go get it. If you're Atlanta um, and you're not really trying to run with Marcus Mariota as your guy (laughs) in the future, right? Um, If you're, um, you know, if you're, if you're, even if you're Detroit, right? Like if you're looking at Detroit, they need, they need a quarterback. Do I want to, do I want to entice them for the number two pick? Um, in in order to draft Malik Willis, uh, if if I'm that interested in a quarterback. You're trying to create – you want to market for either a quarterback or really any player that a team is interested in getting so you can flip that pick. So I'm also interested in that to see, hey, could you trade – could you trade back, uh, like in this scenario that NFL.com presents, could you trade back to eight and still get Kayvon Thibodeau since for whatever Mm. reason he's falling a little bit from – you know, months ago being the one of the consensus top three picks. And so now he's like at the back end of the top 10. Could mm-hmm. you trade back and get a guy and still get a guy like that? You know, could you could you at 13 still wind up with um, I don't I don't think sauce is going to still be there. Sauce uh, from uh, from, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, from Cincinnati, the cornerback from Cincinnati. But could, could, could it be could Derek Stingley Jr. still be there at that time, you know, this this mock has Kyle, Kyle Hamilton follow falling all the way down to seven. So I mean, there are just so many scenarios. I'm excited about it because I could get picky. Um, I was listening to you guys with, with with Brian Bearfield, Big Sarge earlier in the week. Him mentioning <laughs> that, that they need to get a wide receiver. I look. I don't feel like they just need to get a wide receiver in the first round. Mm-hmm. But would I? But would I be mad if it, if at some point in this first round they end up with Drake London, or or uh, Chris Olave, or any number, honestly, any number of these uh, uh, wide receivers that Garrett Wilson, any number of these wide receivers that are at the top of the draft? Um, would I be mad if they end up with Jameson Williams? Like, no, no. <laughs> I, I I feel like the priority is defense, uh, defensive line. If you can get a pass rusher. Um, I really like some of the defensive backs, like I mentioned. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, Sauce, uh, uh, Derek Stanley Jr., I really like them. Um, but if you can get a wide receiver in this draft, in a, a first-round talent, go ahead and get it. There are so many options. This is a time to celebrate and really just hope that the guys that have been entrusted again <laughs> to make these decisions make the right ones. Because this this feels, I won't say fail-proof. I heard you say something, Cody. Um, not to get off in a tangent, but I heard you say something with Sarge uh, in your objection to taking Malik Willis to number three overall, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't necessarily do. But I want to just pick apart your your criticism real quick on it that about him not being a camp miss prospect. Ain't no, there ain't no such thing? Like I know that that we made that narrative last year with Trevor Lawrence about him being a, a camp miss prospect. I know we've considered guys to be camp miss prospects throughout the draft, but that's that's a false notion. None of them are can't-miss prospects. They're all projections. Every single one of them is a roll of the dice. And so it's just a matter of whether you believe in Malik Willis' upside and what he can bring to your team or not. Not not a matter of whether he's a can't-miss prospect. Like, you can't get caught up in that because neither is Aiden Hutchinson, neither is Kayvon Thibodeau, neither is Kyle Hamilton, neither is Evan Neal. (laughs) Like, we think they're all going to be good, but none of them are can't-miss prospects. And so you got to stay true to your evaluation, whatever that is, and 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 go with your convictions so like i'm I'm open to really a lot of different possibilities and would be excited um really to have a lot of different players in this first round really a good year to have multiple first round picks
0: yeah and 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 what I love most about this draft from um, everything that I've been able to study, you know, like I mentioned, I don't see this draft being like, like and, and I know you just kind of like rejected the idea of it, like, you know, the can't miss prospect, pro- prospect, and I 100% agree. I've always said the draft, no matter the sport, the league, it's nothing but a gamble unless you're LeBron James or somebody like yep, that that, that, was that you already yep. know. That, that was you already know podcast. is going to like transcend everything, um, but, you know, like I say, you know, you look at a guy like um, Jamal Russell. Was he like the first-round pick? Um, you know, a first-round pick in, I think, 2007, look how he played out. Oh, Jamar- got Tom, Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus, ja- Jamarcus Russell. Russell, yeah. You yeah. know, he he was a first-round pick. Look how that played out. Then you got Tom Brady, who went on to become arguably the greatest player in this sport, and he was a sixth-round pick. You know, I understand the draft is nothing but a big gamble. But what I would say, and this is part of the reason why I do like the idea of them giving – davis mills another opportunity because you kind of have a thought that davis mills could be your future it gives you an opportunity to go out there and get a wide receiver go out there and get a defensive back go out there and get somebody on the defensive line offensive or whatever the case might be like i believe this draft is just filled with a lot of talented guys that can add depth to your organization now brandon with that being said you mentioned something i want to hit on really quick you talked about the guys that we are trusting in this organization to Pick these guys and develop these guys. How much faith do you have in Nick Asirio and his scouting department to make sure he hit on these draft picks, especially considering that last year, we all know the story, had arguably the worst draft capital entering the draft, and he came away with five really good prospects, and one in Davis Mills can really be something special if he continues to develop the right way.
2: Yeah, and, and I want to correct something if I said it wrong about we are trusting. I, I, what I mean is the guys that are interested. So, like, mm-hmm. that's their job. Not to say necessarily that we trust them to do it correctly. <laughs> Just to be clear on what the stance is in case I misstated that. And I think I might have the way I said it, like, we are trusting. They have been interested because that is the job that they do whether we trust them or not is a whole (laughs) nother different topic and discussion right and that speaks to your question that you were asking and look let's let's be fair right the limited draft capital that you talk about that you ask about right or mention with that they did do well they did draft to value i think for what they had like i think getting Nico uh, or Davis Mills and Nico Collins in the third round, even if you had to trade up, even if you had to give something up to get Nico Collins. I think those were smart plays, good value picks in the third round for what they look like they are going to be or could be, I should say, Mm. based on their rookie year. Right. And then you go from there with obviously the Brevin Jordans and Garrett Wallace and of course, Roy Lopez being a starter for you from almost day one. And looking like it could be even from training camp. Like we could see that mm-hmm. um that hey, this guy take really doesn't really take a backseat to anybody, uh, based off of what we're looking at in the interior line. Like Malik Collins is probably the best guy. And after that, you know, you can roll Roy Lopez in there with any of the rest of them that you got, you know, Ross Blacklock, Jaleel Johnson, Vincent Taylor, and anybody else included that you had in the mix, right? So that was cool. Um, based off of that. You know, based off of the limited results that you got, I feel like you can't really knock what you've seen so far. Now, is what you've seen so far enough to say that you've got faith in it based off of what the totality of the last few years have been? Um, even considering that Nick Asario is not associated with all of it, um, there are some things to pick apart, right? It's, look, th- there is room and reason for skepticism still, I think. But if you're being fair and basing it off of the limited results and sample sizes you got so far, I think you can feel good about having more resources, okay, and hoping that you do just as well with those as you did with the limited ones. And then again, to the point that I made earlier about there being not a foolproof draft, but like not top in you feel like generational talent, can't miss prospect type of narrative. You don't have that about any of these guys. But what what you do have is a deep draft of a lot of solid prospects. Where you look at them and you're like, yeah, you know what, that guy could be a solid pro. All the way down the mock, like look at the mock drafts, and there's not many guys on there that I'm looking at and I'm like, man, that would be a bad that would be a bad pick, you know, <laughs> like like you don't you see what I'm saying, Cody? Like you don't feel yeah. that way about any one guy where you're like, man. You just gotta go get that guy. No, I mentioned Kyle Hamilton earlier. I do feel that sort of close to that way about him, but I look at the mock and I'm like, yeah, sure, sign me up. You know, like I just go up and down the list, you know, and, and I'm good with it. So, so from that regard, I feel like that works into the Texans' favor. It's like, hey, be smart with your picks. Like if you can, if you can get some value and trade back and still feel like you can get really good players, some foundational pieces, and and like instant contributors to your team yeah man i mean this is this is an opportunity really for the texans where you know things have kind of just fallen into place for them
0: Hmm. brandon k scott from sports radio 16 brandon really quick where can our listeners follow you at on social media Yeah, man, at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter.
2: That's where you can find me and sort of keep up with whatever it is I'm doing, uh, doing a number of things, obviously, uh, primarily at Sports Radio 610. Hmm. So check us out there um, in the B Block podcast every week. Uh, You know, just follow me at Brandon K. Scott and you can get everything, uh, everything that's going on from there
0: and as always i'm your host cody davis please remember to follow me on twitter at cody davis underscore 24 once again that's cody c-o-t-y-d-a-v-i-s underscore 24 and please be sure to follow my co-host johnson sports guy hickman at john i think it's hickman underscore 12 or john hickman underscore. 12. oh man you gotta get you we got to <laughs> Oh man, we gotta get I, I can't. He changed I, I it though, didn't he? Yeah, he changed it because it used to be um uh, some sports guy. Hold on, let me let me make sure I get my boy right. Yeah, I'm gonna say we can't do John like that. Like I think, I think we got his uh Twitter <laughs> right. I'm gonna look it up too. Hold on. I got you, John. Okay, I was right the first time. It's what John it? underscore Hickman12. Once again, that's John underscore Hickman 12. I see that. I I see it every day. So, you know. I'm going to confirm your report. (laughs) Awesome, man. But appreciate you, Brandon, from stopping by. And until, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.